Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman holding a baby. My tag team partner's Matt Story, and he's in a car right now. Uh, that's right, that's right. Driving between Tucson and Phoenix, which neither city is still alive in San NCAA tournament. But, uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to make this work. Here we go. Yeah, so, so the Devils went to Dayton and put a beatdown on the Nevada Wolfpack. Um which that was fun. That was a fun game to watch. It was. It was. It was. It was. Uh, you know, like there have been several this year that were really good performances. I mean, go back to the Michigan game, the the Oregon game in Eugene, and that game. I think you know were like convincing wins against good teams, not not you know beating really bad teams. Two teams that were you know on the bubble, um, either road or neutral, and then a, a, a tournament team as well, obviously Nevada. So. Yeah, that was a good game and, and showed the high-end potential of this team, which, you know, then we saw again for, for you know, portions at least of the of the game on Friday night. Yeah, so the TCU game, um, you know, we, we got down very early 13-2, rallied back to take a seven-point lead going into the half. And in the second half, you know, sort of had TCU at arm's length. They made a run to tie it. ASU opened the lead back up to double figures, I believe. It was at least nine, but I think it got to 11. Um, yeah, and then, yeah. Uh, we were up 11. They tied it. And then, yeah, we got it at least to eight. Or it was 62-54 at one point in the, in the latter part of the second half. And then uh, then the wheels kind of came off. The, the bugaboo of the Hurley era post-Trey Holder of not having a point guard who hits, you know, over 80% on free throws. Yeah. Um, and then some poor defense, some poor decision-making, and, and the horn frogs or the frog horns, depending on if you listen to <laughs> That's the right. election yeah. show, uh, advanced, and the, and the devil's dance is done on, on the first Friday of the tournament. Yeah, yeah. I mean, before we go big picture, and I do want to go big picture, like the game itself, like, you know, halftime when we had that lead and I don't know what your thought was but we were you know the second probably the last eight minutes of this of the first half we were making every shot mm-hmm. and I know when they came back from halftime they showed the you know the stats and we were shooting 59 percent and I I you know thought to myself I'm sitting you know in my living room by myself and I thought I don't know that that's sustainable for 40 minutes and it was not we made nine baskets in this in the entire second half um and with all that we were still, you know, we had a five-point lead with three minutes to go, going to the line for two shots with your starting point guard, chance to make it seven. So, like, even with an, an offense that went cold for prolonged stretches, I mean, there was, I think, from 16 minutes to 10 minutes in the in the second half, we did not make a basket. We had two free throws that entire stretch. We never lost the lead, and you think, well, all right, we're, we're going to find a way to hang on to this because we're we're clawing it out and and then you know yeah i think you said it i mean those two missed free throws loom really large and right before that there was a missed front end of a one and one as well so that's four points that you know that you give away and and then you know some offensive rebounds allowed and a three-pointer given up and and you know yeah i mean it's just it's it's the mistakes you can't make against a pretty good team i think that's a I think TCU is a pretty solid team, and, and we still had them beat with, you know, 37 minutes gone in the game and couldn't hang on. Yeah. The, the one thing, you know, that we've talked about sort of all season, and it's kind of become just the way it is in college basketball, but you sort of feel like, wow, if this core could be together next year, they really seem to lock in on defense 
more often than totally. not, and it felt like, oh man, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be able to roll this back and do it again. But you know, four guys are gone. I, you know, it's one four of the five things. starters. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things like you you look around the team and it's like this was a great run by a bunch of one-year guys, and now we're going to have to do it all well, over again. And, and that's, the, so that's, you know, when I say I want to talk big picture, that was sort of the big picture takeaway from that loss. To me, it, it immediately kind of felt like, man, we really, like, we had a chance, I felt, and I'm not saying this core was going to win the national title. I don't think they were that good, but this team had a lot of, had a lot of parts that, we're good. We had we had size. We had guards. We had decent shooting. Not great, but decent. We had good. You know, we had a shot blocker, rebounder, big man. Um, you know, and and fit together well. We had depth. I mean, with all, when Austin Diaz was healthy, we played ten guys. You know, we have not had a lot of ASU teams that went that deep. Um, and and yet, you know, you like. And I was thinking back on the whole season yesterday morning, and it just kind of. And I don't know if you know you would agree with this, but. Just felt like this was a good season that, at several different points, had a chance to be pushed to the level of better than good, mm-hmm. really good or great. You know, you go back to when we were in, we, we get ranked in December, and the first game we play ranked, we go get blown out at USF. Um, then we're you know six and one in the conference. We're playing UCLA for the conference lead, and we lose that, lose four in a row. Then we make the Pac-12 semifinals, and like, well, maybe we can win the Pac-12 tournament. That'd be something. And we, you know, lose pretty handily there. And then, you know, have a chance to get to the second round, maybe further. Who knows? I mean, I, I don't know if we would have beat Gonzaga. But, you know, like, it was right there to even just get to the second round, which has only been done once by ASU in the last 20 years. And, and you know, twice in the last uh, 27 years, I think. And and it was it's just disappointing because of exactly what you said. Now you... You can't say like, well, all right, we'll we'll run it back next year, and this this these lessons will pay off for us because the team's going to look a lot different next year. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at Collins, Nunez, maybe Gaffney, Duke, yeah. and probably at starting center. Um, yeah, and, and Jemiah Neal. Those mm-hmm. those five should be returning. Maybe again, we don't know that because we had this conversation last year at this time, and you know, well, Jalen Graham should be back, and he wasn't. Um, and, and, and the kid, uh, which I'm forgetting his name again, Heath, the guard, was another one that we thought, yeah, he'll be back, you know, he wasn't. So even those five, you can't be certain, but even with those five, man, that's taken a lot out of this team. Like the, the, the heart and soul of this team in many ways was DJ Horn scoring, Desmond Cambridge's all-around play, including scoring, Warren Washington's defense and rebounding and being able to, to – you know, at times throw the ball in the post and get offense from that. Like that's a that's a huge chunk of the team gone with with the five guys we're gonna lose. Yeah, I I think the biggest loss to me feels like Warren Washington in terms of I agree hard to replace because Brennan is scrappy. Boyachi needs to make a leap. Um, I mean, that's the that's the million dollar question: is can he do that, or is there a transfer out there that can have the same? type of impact that Washington did because yeah, Brennan's a nice player, but if, if you, as you just said it a couple minutes ago, Brennan's your starting center, you're a very different type of team than this team was. You're not a, you're not a good defensive team at all likelihood because he's, he's 6'8", if that. He's not a shot blocker. He's, you know, like you're going to, you're going to be back to getting beat 
inside by teams with good big men very easily. Well, and the thing with Brennan is, as a backup big, he's scrappy and he's five fouls. Like, sure. those are two sure. really good qualities for a backup big to have. Now, every backup big Absolutely. has five fouls. Yeah. But he's scrappy. He, he, he's not afraid to stick his nose in there and mix it up a little bit. But that's a really good, you know, release valve for eight to 12 minutes a game. I'm not sure that's 28 minutes a game. Totally, totally agreed. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's you know, to cross sports, he's a backup quarterback. Like, if you have to if you have to throw him in for one or two games, you feel like, it might be okay. We might be able to make this work. But if he's starting 17 games, it probably isn't going to be a good season. And, and, yeah, I mean, like, I, if I am remembering correctly, I don't think he saw the court in the second half against Nevada. He played in the first half. I don't remember seeing him in the game in the second half. And I, I even thought during that game, and I almost texted you this when he was in, like, this is not a Duke-Brennan game. Like, that team was athletic, and or, or not Nevada, TCU, I'm sorry. I'm saying the TCU game. That team was athletic, and they had good size inside. They got a lot of they got a lot of good looks at the basket, close to the basket, and missed several. Um, and, you know, and I just felt like, yeah, this is not a game for him. Yeah, I mean, it, I would imagine that Gaffney, if he's able to get another year of eligibility, would probably be the starter. Um, yeah, he's, you know, he's a good, I mean, he's obviously got, um, you know, you saw that got that shot block there at the end of the first half where he runs out to the three-point line, blocks the shot, then, you know, picks it up and dribbles in stride, gets fouled. Like, that was, that showed you his freakish athleticism. Um, but he's not the, he doesn't have the girth of Warren Washington. Like, he's a skinny guy. He'll get bodied inside. Like, he, you know, I think he plays more if he returns, as we say. Um, and it's a, it's a factor, but he's more of a, you know, of a skinny shot blocking on the perimeter type guy. Maybe you, you could put him against guards and have him defend there. But I, you know, and again, there's not a ton of teams that have great size anymore, but still some do. And, and you, you know, Washington was a big impact in, in this season of, you know, being able to block some shots, get rebound. I mean, that TCU game, like there were a lot of times that like he just, went up and, and grabbed that rebound. And, man, I mean, there were moments I thought, it is really nice having a big man under the basket like that who can just make sure the rebound is ours. We don't have to get a tap or a lucky bounce. Yeah, agreed. We haven't, we haven't had that many big men like that. Even when we've had really big guys, sometimes they have big, great rebounders. You know, Basinski and Bruce Lott, and the, those guys did not really give you the impression that they dominated on the boards. Washington could at times. Yeah, and so that's a big hole to fill. Now you know losing the Cambridge brothers. That's again something to address. But a and finding an unhappy good shooter seems like a yeah. a yeah. lower bar to clear. Than yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. There's guys out there who want to take shots, who will want to play in this type of offense where there's really not whether right or wrong, and sometimes it feels wrong. Not much governor on the shots you take. Like this, you know, the Hurley's offense will give you the offensive freedom. If you're on the court, take the shots. And sometimes it works. I mean, the Nevada game, it was working. The first half of the Nevada game, it like, man, oh man, we were raining in everything. Devin Cambridge is hitting threes. And Alonzo Gaffney hit a three. Like, lordy. And, and, and for a stretch against TCU, the same thing was happening. But you can't depend on that for 40 minutes. And again, we almost didn't have to. That's the thing. Like, with as bad as we shot it in the second half, 
we still probably should have won the game um, because we played good defense and we're scrappy and, and you know but ultimately you know there was a play too after the free throws I can't I think it was six I think it was still a five point game you know they miss a shot and and Washington and Desmond Cambridge both touch the ball and neither one can corral it they get the ball back and they ended up scoring you know and like those little plays cost you games and they they certainly cost us this game yeah um i i hope that something that does transfer to next season is the defensive side of the ball because that yeah. that in a lot of ways was consistent all year like yeah i agree you know, i agree yeah bad games good games you know the intensity was there and it was the starters and the bench i you yeah know, I, yeah. I think one of the things they talked about it a little during the TCU game on the broadcast was, you know, Luther Muhammad came in and it was just like, you're not getting the ball. He was defending, right. he was face guarding the length of the court. It wasn't yes, he was. He was picking yeah. his guy up at half court and face guarding or, you know, waiting for him to kick it away and then got in his grill. He denied the inbound pass and then followed him all the way up the length of the court. He did. He did. Yeah, uh, Luther Muhammad's a guy. You know, he's he's a senior. He's one of the five leaving, and a guy that you know. And, and I say this, it's going to sound mean. I don't. I don't mean it to. But it, you know, in two years, we won't remember his name when we're looking back. You know, it'll be like oh, yeah, that team they had Cambridge, but but like a, a, a pivotal type player on a good team, a guy who you know. Came here with higher expectations, I think, for himself, but came off the bench, played good defense, gave us some scoring here and there, wasn't the star, you know, never never evolved into a star or even a starter, but, you know, a guy, a type of player you have to have to be a good team, and, and yeah, I mean, again, I, I don't think he'll have a long legacy, unfortunately, but that's almost a shame he didn't play on good enough teams for that to be the case. Because, yeah. you know, a nice role player, which, yeah, you need that. And, and, and in, you're right. He gave great effort. In a better era, he was Jaron Schiff. You know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it put him on the James Harden team and we'd remember him more. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, this team just didn't have, and again, they were so close. Like, if this team wins that game and even is competitive against Gonzaga or maybe upsets him, you know, then we're probably remembering a guy like Luther Muhammad because we're saying, man, remember that Sweet 16 team that we had? Remember Luther Muhammad came off the bench and gave us big minutes, and, you know, and that's, that, you know, that kind of thing is really just, like, sort of dominated my thought process since that, you know, that ball went in with 1.5 seconds to go um, on Friday night. Like, it just, we were so darn close to having somewhat of a special year, and I know it's a sliding scale. If, you know, if you're an Arizona fan, you're thinking, oh, my God, getting to the second round is a special year. How pitiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to deny that. Like, But, you know, when you when you have a program that's only been to the second round, you know, uh, three times in 30 years, yeah, getting there would have been a really special moment for this program. Yeah. Um, and we're going to need to just put a pin in it right there, and we'll pick up in a second. And we're back. Through the miracle of modern podcasting technology, that was only a brief break, but for us... That's right, that's right, yes, yes. Um, So, Matt, just to to put a bow on it for ASU, you know, I think Bobby Hurley did enough to get the job. Um, I think that 
our discussion a week ago or so about is this all there is to the job was borne out by the interview Michael Crow gave this week where he said, players don't care about the arena. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you know, like that was, uh, <clears throat> that, that is the, is the uh, feeling right now about the basketball program is that they're going to have to succeed in spite of itself in a way. Um, and, and it's, and it's one of those, you know, we've also discussed like would Bobby Hurley look at other jobs and that's been discussed for years and he hasn't. And, and everything he said publicly is that he is very content here, but you know, stuff like that does have to give him a little pause because it gives me a new pause. And we don't, you know, our, our careers are not based on how successful ASU basketball is. We just like to see it be successful, but, um, yeah, I mean, commenting basically that the arena is, is you know, it's it's fine, and, and, you know, that doesn't have an impact on winning, and, and that's always one of those things that, come on, it, it absolutely does. Yeah, I mean, to suggest that recruits don't care about the arena and the atmosphere is insane. It is, like, it's insane, and it's, and it's a statement made, and we've said it, if we've said it once, we've said it probably a hundred times, it's a statement made by someone who doesn't doesn't care and doesn't know sports. I mean, it just, you know, that's that's something that someone who doesn't know sports would say, well, you know, why, why does that matter? I mean, shouldn't they want to play for a good coach and and they just want to win? And, I mean, who cares what the arena's like? Well, yeah, if you don't know what sports are like, you would probably think that's true. But, you know, the, the atmosphere of the home arena, when, you know, if you're recruiting a kid going against – you know, UCLA and Arizona and, and maybe some Big 12 school, you know, you're trying to get a kid who's being recruited by Kansas or something like that. I mean, it's it's night day. How can you say to those kids, you know, uh, you need to come here? No, uh, you know, and, and um, yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. And that's why I'm totally in agreement that, like, yeah, I think, I think we need to do the best we can to secure Bobby Hurley because – I don't think, you know, I don't think changing coaches changes anything about this program right now. And, and he's done a fine job. Could he be better? Uh, yeah, he's got his weaknesses. I, going back to the TCU game, I think he probably should have called a timeout once or twice late in that game. Um, you know, when the things were kind of getting away, maybe stem the tide a little. But, you know, that's nitpicking. I don't think that loss is on him. Um so, yeah, I, I hope we can keep him because I think he's, at this very moment in time, as good as we can expect. He's, he's maxed out, I think, in terms of, achieve, of achievement based on the status of the program, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it's very... I, I, you summed it up perfectly, and I don't want to step on it. We're, we have to win in spite of, not because of. That's exactly the feeling to me. Is like you know, well, yeah, the program can be good, but it's gonna take overcoming rather than the support. And and that's it's tough. I mean, what kind of coach are you gonna get that that you know is gonna do any better? I don't. I mean, we said it last week. Like, if you got you know young Mike Shashevsky or young Roy Williams or what you know Hall of Fame coaches, I'm not sure that they could have more success here than. Maybe they could win a couple more games and, and, you know, get us to the, you know, a seven seed instead of a first four. But, like, tangibly, that's not that much different. You know, you're still creeping in the tournament. You're still probably going out before the second weekend unless you pull an upset. Yeah. So, 
But speaking of upsets, to turn to a topic that I know you're happy about. Uh, <laughs> I was, yes. The, the Pac-12 is down to UCLA as Michigan State beat USC. And, yeah. And Princeton, the mighty Tigers of Princeton. That's right. Uh, upended Arizona, and I saw a comment that this Princeton Tigers team doesn't have a Steve Nash like Santa Clara did. Yeah. <laughs> Although Steve Nash was a freshman on that team, so who knows? Maybe they do. Um, but, you know, hey, they, and they won again yesterday, too. Uh, you know, beat, beat Missouri pretty convincingly. And Missouri was a, a top-four team in the SEC this year, which is a pretty good basketball conference now. And uh, You know, obviously they're – they're pretty solid and, and playing well at the right time, which is what it's all about. And, you know, again, to, to briefly touch on ASU, it's why that loss was so disappointing because you feel like, are we a top, you know, 16 team in the country? Probably not, but maybe we could have snuck in there. And Princeton did. Um, you know, so, yeah, was I happy to see Harris going to get beat? Yeah, of course. Um, I, I maintain the same comments that I said through the year, which is like I don't pay as much attention to them as I used to. And I did think about that after the game. Like, this, it was fun. I was thrilled they lost. But it didn't have the same feel. You, you texted me, and I know, you know, you know, you remember how how much I angst I had during that Illinois, the Elite Eight game in 2005. This didn't have that same feel. This was more like, yeah, I'm glad Arizona lost, but, you know, I didn't invest enough hate in this team over the course of the year and years to, to feel like, you know, this was the greatest moment of the year. It was, it was great. And, and that's as good as I can say it. Yeah. And disappointing for the Pac-12. We're down to just UCLA. Yeah. I mean, we had, if you're George K, you got to be worried about the fact that the only team left is a team that's leaving. And, yeah. you know, I, yeah. I, there's rumors again, right, that a deal is close for a TV deal. Media, media deal, yeah. And that, yeah. you know, San Diego State and SMU are also – Close. I saw that rumor as well. Yeah. Um, you know, but the flip side, if you want to believe the rumor mill, there's also rumors that the Big 12 still interested in in the border schools. Arizona, yeah, yeah. Arizona State, Utah, Colorado. Which what you know, there's part of me that just likes the fun of Colorado going back. I know <laughs> it would be entertaining. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Now. I saw both the U of A president and and Crow, um, you know, made comments this week. Crow in that in that interview that where he you know discussed the arena uh, that you know the media rights deal's close and we're committed to the Pac-12, blah blah blah. So maybe there's nothing to it, or maybe they're just good liars. Um, you know, I certainly think that's possible as well. Um, you know, who knows? Who knows? I mean, it, but I agree. Yeah, it's uh, it was another you know. In a, in a line of non-stellar seasons for, for basketball in the Pac-12. You know, tournament results I hate to read too much into. I mean, look, I'm glad Arizona lost. But Arizona was a very, very good team. They just played a bad game at the wrong time, and that happens. But still, I mean, when, you know, you look at it more going into the tournament. You had two teams, you know, ranked among the top 32. You had, you know, a two two seeds and then a, a 10 and an 11. That's not a very, you know, that doesn't stack up well with the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve. It's it's uh, it's not even close. You know, you're you're closer to you're closer to the Mountain West than you are, the, you know, the Big Ten and the Big Twelve and the SEC, really. Yeah, and that that is where the the problem 
lies. Is that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Arizona getting upset is, again, that's one of those things. Purdue got upset. Purdue was the Big Ten champion regular season, postseason. They, they played a bad game, and, you know. I don't read too much into that like people do, but it's more the it's more the you know the overall season. How did you do? Is that twelve had you know six teams in the tournament, a couple of twos, a four, a six, an eight, and a ten, and then they only had one in the Sweet Sixteen? It'd be disappointing, but I'd say well, it's still a very good conference. But no, this this represents pretty much what the conference is in all honesty. Yeah, it's it's not ideal. Um, you you touched on the Purdue upset. Uh, you know, Kansas got bounced last night. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's been a very interesting tournament it's in terms of the upsets. Definitely. So. Definitely, yes. I think somebody's upset about it, literally. Well, brackets got busted in our house, so we could have found it. <laughs> well, hey, at least you and I, you know, you and I still have our champions alive to the second weekend. Yeah. A lot of people can't say that, so I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, Texas survived. You, both of them, Texas and Houston, got got tested yesterday, as as you'd expect in the second round. But they both survived, played well late, and, and uh, they're on a, a collision course to maybe beat the Elite Eight if they win one more game each. Yeah, and that'll be fun for both of us. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been you know, it's been a fun tournament. Uh, so you know, I, I hate seeing you know like. The one seed go down was cool. Um, I also hate that, like, oh, their season was a bust. Like, they had a great season. Um, but, you know, uh, they played bad at the wrong time, and, and so did Arizona. And that doesn't make me sad. But, again, I, did Arizona have a great season? Yeah. You know, like, uh, didn't, didn't pay off at the right time. But, you know, uh, that pleases me. But it doesn't mean their entire season was a waste. Yeah. Well, hey, look, it, it's, it's nice to have March Madness. It's fun to care about it. You know, learning names of players that I'll remember for a week and then forget forever. <laughs> Absolutely, that's uh, that's what the tournament is now, and that's a conversation that maybe we can we can have you know later on in the tournament or after uh, you know it's like uh, you know it, it does it does what happens in the tournament sort of represent somewhat how watered down the sport is now. I saw Stuart Mandel tweeted that, and then he got got ripped for it so much that he deleted it. But in some ways, he's right. You know, a, a, a number one seed gets gets beat by a 16 for the second time in five tournaments. Uh, and, and, you know, the college player of the year is going to be lucky to be a second-round pick. It's like, yeah, it's, it's kind of a tough pill to swallow if you're a college basketball fan. Yeah. So, but hey, you're right. I mean, it's fun in the moment. Is it good for the sport overall? I'm not sure. But it's fun for right now. Yeah, and it's probably not good for the sport overall. But look. I don't think it is. We'll I don't think so. We'll talk through that. We'll talk through the World Baseball Classic. I'm going to go figure out why this baby's upset. Until <laughs> next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Benny Matt Sportscast. <laughs>